Welcome to Leadership Factory, where we are building leaders on purpose and for a purpose. And I'm Cole Phillips, your guide for this journey today. I'm really excited because this is episode number 10. I can't believe we're already at number 10. It's been an exciting journey so far, and there's still so much more to learn and discuss about leadership. Today, we're talking about a leader's most important asset, and that is relationships. And as you look at relationships, we look at the life of Jesus and see that he had such an incredible example for us in the way that he related with people. In fact, in John 13, 15, he said this, he said, for I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. So we look at Jesus as the model for relationships, and it's obvious as you look at Jesus that people were his passion. Everywhere he went, people flocked to Jesus. And sometimes I look at the church and I think, why are our churches not as attractive to people as Jesus was? When we're more like Jesus, then we're going to find that people are going to be drawn to the church and what we're doing. So, uh, you know, what Jesus did, he met needs. Every time he was around people, he met needs, he saw needs, and he did something about them. He touched people physically and spiritually and emotionally. And as a leader, we also need to have a passion for people. It has been said, if you think you're leading, but you look around and no one's following, you're just taking a walk. And if you can't relate to people and connect with people, then they will not choose to follow you and follow your leadership. In fact, relationships will make or break a leader over time. Effective leaders, they don't focus on themselves and their own success, but they are focused on the people around them. In fact, one definition of success would be developing the people around me. And many times in ministry, we look at people as interruptions to what we're doing. We look at people as interruptions in our ministry instead of realizing that the people are our ministry. That's who we're called to serve and to lead. In fact, I want to share four truths about leadership and people with you right now. And the first one is uh, people are our most important asset. They're the most important thing in your ministry, and they also appreciate over time as they grow. They, they become even more valuable as you walk with them and work with them. And then secondly, a leader's most important skill is people skills, your ability to work and lead other people. Then third, a good leader can lead a variety of of people because leadership is all about people. And since leadership is a skill, one of the skills you have to learn is how do I work with different kinds of people at different levels along the way? And then fourth, you can have people skills and not be a good leader, but you can't be a good leader unless you have developed people skills. If you look in Luke chapter 10, verse 30, this is where Jesus told this story when a man asked him, who is my neighbor? And so Jesus told this story about a, a guy who was robbed and beaten 
and left by the road for dead. And pretty soon a couple of religious leaders walked by, but they just never stopped to help the man. In fact, they walked on the other side of the road. They were probably going to some very important religious activity, maybe a worship service, maybe a Bible study. But then a Samaritan came by and helped this man and cared for him and took care of him until he got better. And then Jesus asked this. He said, who was the neighbor in this story? And obviously it was this Samaritan man. He taught that relationships and ministry aren't just about your immediate circle of influence. They're not just about the people who are walking beside you. He taught that relationships are more important than many of the spiritual activities that we get involved in. And then he also, I think the core of this story is this, the way you see yourself is the way that you're going to serve other people. We see that we serve people and we treat people based on how we see ourselves. And you can notice the different ways that this man was treated in this story. If you look at the robbers, what did they do? They were using people. They manipulated people. They saw this man as a victim to exploit for their own purpose. And then you look at the priests. They were the law keepers. They were pure and holier than thou. And when they looked at this man, they saw him as dirty. They saw him as a problem to be avoided, maybe as a distraction to what they were really supposed to be doing. But then you look at the Samaritan. This Samaritan was uh, despised. He was, he was well aware of what it felt like to be ignored by others. But when he looked at this man, he saw him as a person in need and a person who needed to be loved. And as leaders, we're tempted to do all three of these uh, kinds of responses. We, sometimes we're like the robbers and we exploit people for our own purposes. Sometimes we're like the priests and we avoid people. And then sometimes we're like the Samaritan and we love people. And the goal for us is to be more like him, more like the one who looked at people and, and saw that they were people in need and people that God love, God loves. And, and uh, we want to look past people's fault and see their needs, just like Jesus looks past our faults and he sees our needs. And years ago, there were some Christian leaders that got together and they had a project they were working on. They, they said, let's summarize the Christian faith into one word. What would that word be? Here's what they came up with. Christianity is relationships. Relationships separates Christianity from all the other world religions because our faith is based on relationship, not religion. It's not about uh, creeds or disciplines, but it's about relationships. Look at what Jesus said when he was asked about what is the greatest commandment in Matthew twenty two thirty eight. He said to, it was to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. That is the vertical relationship. And then to love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's a horizontal relationship. Jesus 
didn't say uh, they will know we are Christians because we've memorized all the books of the Bible or we uh, we go to church or, or we give a certain amount of money or, or because we have these elaborate buildings or because we have great music or because uh, we have uh, just powerful leaders. He said, the world will know we are his disciples by our relationships. They'll know we're his followers by the way that we love other people. So think of the people in your life who are hard to love. We all have what I call the EGRs, those extra grace required people around us. And um, why are those people so hard to love? And how do we view them when they're hard to love? We need to begin to see people around us the way the Samaritan saw this man. It's been said many times, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so you can know everything. You can know uh, all kinds of doctrine and, and Bible truths, but you're not able to really connect with someone until people know that you love them and you want the best for them. And one definition of a spiritual leader is this, someone who takes responsibility for the health and development of his relationships. And there are four word pictures I want to share with you as we look at uh, relationships. The first one is this, the picture of the host. What does a host do? A host takes the initiative, is outgoing, and works to make other people feel comfortable. And as a, a leader, we have to be the host in our relationships and in the conversations that we have in our lives. We're not the guests in our relationships. We're the hosts. We take the lead. And when you think about what a good host does when people come over to their house, uh, that's the same way that we should interact with the people around us, considering their needs and making them feel comfortable. At the Connection Church, we say we are a family expecting guests. We know that every week we have new people that are coming in, and our job is to help make them feel comfortable so that they are more open to hearing the message about Jesus and what He can do in their life. Many leaders make the mistake of separating their leadership from their relationships. And this happens when we take on the position, we call this positional authority, and that is I have a title, so therefore you must follow me. Um, That's not true leadership. In fact, that's the lowest level of leadership. So we've got to move beyond positional authority. And then there's another picture, and that is the, the picture of the doctor, What does a doctor do when you go into the office? A doctor is going to ask good questions. They're going to know how to continue asking those questions until they see what is the hurt, what is the need. And as you uh, try to understand people's needs, you can ask questions until you get a better picture of what's going on in their life. And then you're able to begin to prescribe the diagnosis and, and the prescription for Uh, What can help them? Don't give a prescription before you understand the diagnosis and what's going on in their lives. That means we've got to ask questions and listen to hear the answer. There's another picture, and that's the picture of a counselor. Counselors that are effective are active listeners, and they work to understand what they're hearing. And so 
uh, that's something we've got to do. We've got to become an active listener in our communication and not only in what is being said, but what's not being said and how it's being said and work to identify with those people that we're talking uh, with to meet them at the point of their need. We earn our right to be heard by the way that we listen. And then there's another picture, and that's the picture of the tour guide. Uh, Tour guides don't just hang out with other people. They are uh, working to get them to a destination. I got to go this week on a uh, dolphin tour down in Galveston, and there was a young girl who was our tour guide on the boat. And I was amazed at how much she knew and how much she was able to share about what we were seeing. And it was very interesting. And so as you're a tour guide, you're helping people interpret and understand their experiences and how God is at work uh, in their world around them. Our purpose isn't just simply to be liked by other people. We have a, a higher purpose, and that is to help people go on a journey and to help them reach a goal that they couldn't reach on their own. And so we've got to meet people where they're at and connect with them so that we can take them on the journey with us as we're going. And of course, you can't take someone where you haven't gone yourself. And you don't have to have arrived at the destination. You just got to be a step or two ahead of those people that you're leading. So so you've got to continue growing personally so that you are a leader that is worth following. Let's talk about what every leader should know about people. The first thing is this. People are insecure, so we need to give them confidence. Um, One of the things that that we understand about people is that hurt people hurt people. When someone is hurt, uh, just kind of like an animal that's been hurt, that's going to lash out, that's how people operate sometimes. And so if we're secure, we're going to be able to give security to the people that we're leading. And most people are insecure in some area of their life. And most insecure people are looking for security. As a secure person and a secure leader, you're able to provide a secure, safe environment for people where they feel comfortable enough to open up, they feel safe, In fact, Hebrews 10.25 says, let us encourage one another. Encouragement is the key to helping people feel secure. And then the second uh, thing that every leader should know about people is this. People like to feel special, so honor them. And the principle here is this. To deal with yourself, use your head. But to deal with others, use your heart. Uh, Operate, even if you're a very sort of uh, heady, uh, thoughtful person, you've got to be a heartful person. You've got to be a feeler in order to connect with the people around you. So how do you uh, affirm somebody and honor somebody with the words that you say? The, the first thing is you, you make those words sincere and authentic. Uh, say the things that you believe and that are true, and then say things that are specific not these general uh, sort of encouragement, but, but what are you specifically seeing in their life that you want to encourage and bring out? 
And then also when you speak these words of encouragement to people, make them public. It's one thing to say uh, words of affirmation to someone privately, and that means a lot. But if you affirm someone in front of other people, that goes a long way. And make them personal. Um, that What is it that's specific about the individual? Get personal. Get up close and personal. Romans 12.10 says, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. So that's a command from Scripture. As a leader, we need to be affectionate, show brotherly love, and honor one another. And then third, this is what we know about people. People are looking for a better future. So give them hope. Here's the key principle. The key to success today is believing in the future. Believing there's a better tomorrow. Everyone wants to know that there's something better in the future. I say that we need lots of hope in order to cope. We need massive doses of hope that a leader can provide. That's one of the reasons that I say that as Christian leaders, we are dealers in hope. And when there's no hope for the future, there's no power for our present. Um, One common characteristic of effective leaders is that their main goal is to offer hope to people. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 21 says, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The unfailing love of the Lord never ends. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin new every day. We still dare to hope and we dare to offer hope to others. A fourth thing we need to understand about people is that people need to be understood. So listen to them. Here's the principle. To connect with people, understand the keys to their heart. How do you know the key to someone's heart? Well, you listen. What are they talking about? You, you listen. What are they crying about? What do they dream about? What do they laugh about? What do they plan about? What are they talking about the most? And so we, we want to listen to people to understand their hearts, where they're coming from, what matters to them. Romans twelve fifteen says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. That as leaders, we're able to connect with the point that people are at so that we're able to identify with them and help them to feel understood. Then fifth, we know that people lack direction. So help show them the way. Uh, The key principle is this. Most people can steer a ship, but a leader helps chart the course. When I was on this Galveston dolphin tour, the captain of the boat, he looked at one of the uh, little guys that was on the trip and he was about seven years old, and he said, do you want to come up and steer the boat? And so the little boy came up, and, and he steered. But the whole time, he was under the captain's direction. He wasn't going to take us somewhere that the captain didn't want us to go. And so as leaders, we've got to help people go in the right direction. In fact, it's been said that this, uh, leaders must know the way, go the way, and show the way. We've got to do all three. We've got to know which way we're going, go that direction, and show people how to go in the same direction. First uh, Peter chapter 5, verse 1 says, The elders 
who are among you I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of which God is among you, uh, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. What does a shepherd do with his rod and his staff? He points the right direction. He leads his flock in the right direction. So we've got to help to show people the right way to go. Then the sixth thing we know about people is this. People are needy. So speak to their needs. Help to meet those needs. The key principle is this. People must be ministered to before they can minister. Um, Most people think this. They think, my situation is like no one else's situation. Most people think my problems are the biggest problems that anyone has. Most people think, uh, they think you should overlook all of my faults. And they also think that their time is so important. And, And so as leaders, we've got to work to put people first, to know what people's needs are, to see the big picture, and to love people so that they're able to grow. Then seventh, uh, this is what we know. People get emotionally low, so encourage them. The key principle here is this. What gets rewarded is what gets repeated. What gets rewarded is what gets repeated. And we know that, that everyone is fighting a battle that we know nothing about. We know that people get emotionally low on a regular basis. And, um, and so we want to encourage them. There was an experiment that was done years ago where they tried to measure someone's ability to endure pain. And so they asked, how long could someone with no shoes or socks on stand in a bucket of ice water? And they found out that when someone was alone standing in that bucket of ice water, they could only stand there about half as long as they could stand there if someone else was with them. So we need to come alongside our people and the people that that we're leading to help encourage them and help them uh, withstand the pain that they may be facing in their life. Then the eighth thing that we know about people is this. People want to succeed. They want to win, so we need to help them win, help them achieve the victory. And that means the the principle here is we want to reach out to people and help them to achieve the goals that God has for their life. Um, So if you think about these words, what do they all have in common? High morale, enthusiasm, momentum, optimism, energy, excitement. What do all those words have in common? victory. Everybody wants to be on a winning team. And so as leaders, we want to not only help people win big, but we want to celebrate the victories that that we win together. And then the ninth thing that we know about people is people desire relationships. So provide community. We're providing that relational need in people's lives. And the Key principle here is this, to practice the 101% principle with people. How do you do the 101% principle? It's to find the 1% that you have in common with someone and give it 100% of all that you've got. 
Find that 1% and focus 100% of your attention there. If you look into God's word, you'll find that it's all about community. It's all about God creating a new community from the Garden of Eden in the beginning to the city of God in the end. We were never supposed to live the Christian life on our own. In fact, the New Testament says that we are members of one another. And, uh, you know, the Bible never uses the word saint in a singular form. It's always saints, plural, and it shows up many times in the New Testament. And so we're not in this on our own, but we're in this together. And leaders keep that as a main focus. And then 10th, people are looking for a model to follow. So be an example. Here's the key principle. People do what people see. So if you look back to St. Francis of Assisi, you'll see that his early followers, they wanted to know, what do we do when we go out in the streets to minister to people? He said this. This is so classic. He said, preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. What he was saying was, our example speaks much louder than the words that we say. And in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Paul says, you should follow my example just as I follow the example of Christ. What an incredible statement to make, to say, if you want to know what Jesus is like, just do what I do. And it's so challenging as a leader for us to say, can we say that to others? If you want to be more like Jesus, just do what I do. And that sets a very high bar for our leadership. So where is it that you're struggling the most in your relationships? Begin to think about that. And then think about the specific people in your life that maybe you could work to develop some more leadership with to lead more effectively. And as you work to connect and reconnect with people this week, I want to encourage you to do everything you can to to slow down, we say walk slowly through the halls. Don't rush past people to get done what you think you've got to get done. But notice people, look at people, and listen to people so that you can understand where they're coming from better, so that you can encourage them right at the point of their need, and you can help them to succeed. Thank you so much for listening today. If this has been helpful to you, I want to encourage you to share this with a friend, share it on social media so that others can benefit from this teaching, that we can grow in our influence and grow greater in our leadership. And one thing I know about you because you're listening to this today is that you are a leader. So let's be great leaders. I look forward to talking with you real soon. Thank